I make a very intentional effort to work out. Yeah. Even if it's just like on the floor with like a Melissa Wood Health like video or whatever. Because yeah, I think it's like setting an intention for myself to like take responsibility for something. And the most important thing is like myself or else my kids aren't okay and all the things aren't okay. Amanda Tyler Jacobson is a multipreneur and mom of two. You can find her on Instagram at amanda.tyler.j. Her startup Restore helps people with defaulted loans get out of debt, and her business, Plants for Everyone, offers permanent and temporary plant styling. She is a writer, a digital marketing maven, and a brilliant creative strategist. She splits her time between L.A. and the Bay Area. She met me in San Francisco to record this conversation. You're listening to This Guy's Legit. I'm so glad you're here. Me too. Oh. Thank you for making time out of your very busy schedule to sit with me. <laughs> you're like, what do you mean I'm busy? I know you're busy. You're crazy busy. Tell me about your last 24 hours. What were you just doing before you landed here with me? My last 24 hours. I had my kids this weekend. I have them 50% of the time. I'm split up from my baby daddy. So I had them this weekend. I was at a birthday party, um, which is a very, which is a thing we do a lot on the weekends. Um, and I spent the night at a friend's house with my kids um, and just had a little adventure with them and got a Christmas tree and set up the Christmas tree and dropped them off at their dad's and now we're here. That's a very domestic 24 hours. I Amen. like it. Amen. Well, the weekend is for being a mom. Yeah. And what do you do during the week? Like, what's your week like? I know that you, because you work for yourself and because you're trying to create something <clears throat> from yeah. nothing, mm-hmm. um, you have a lot of flexibility, but it also means that you're sort of also doing all the things all the time. So I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. If I don't have my kids, I wake up and I'll try to like work out or do something for myself that I normally couldn't do if I had my kids. Um, and I have flexibility to do that cause I work for myself, which is great. Um, and then I'll sit down at home or at a cafe and connect with my co-founder and we just start chatting it out and start doing the damn thing. And work remotely she's in LA I'm in Oakland so we're just on the phone all day um and then I try to make more time for myself after my work day that sounds good um yeah what were you like as a kid like as a were kid? you yeah I want to hear what you oh, were like as a kid we were, so we were I was very colorful kids. you were colorful I was a very colorful kid my parents sent me away to bad kid boarding school when I was 14 um, because they just couldn't deal with it anymore. I was running away. I was like doing all the things, boys, marijuana, mm. um, alcohol. Bad girl. How old were you? Bad girl stuff. 13. Oh my and they sent me away when I was 14 um, to a two-year like lockdown emotional growth boarding school it was called. It was called CDU. Um, it's now shut down. And no longer in operation. Um, because it, yeah. I don't know. It was a very interesting experience. Um, so they sent me away. I went there and got healthy again, I guess. Um, and then returned home two years later and was homeschooled. 
for the rest of my high school years because I just couldn't be around other people after being locked up for two years with the same kids. Um, so I decided I wanted to be homeschooled and I did that. So wait, so you're saying that like after going away to boarding school, when you went back into gen pop, back into like yeah. a regular school, yeah. it just like you couldn't hang. I couldn't hang. It was just what too was much. Hard? I mean, I had been in, I don't even know how to explain this place. I mean, it was an emotional growth boarding school. So we had like therapy sessions every day which were called wraps where you sit in a circle and everybody talks about their triggers and who triggered them in what way. And it was just not real life. Like, and, um, the education wasn't like traditional. Um, we didn't really have like real schoolwork. Like we had like sand painting classes and like lots of physical activity. Um, so I just, I didn't feel like I could go into real high school. Like it gave me a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't, and I was homeschooled, and it was great. I played way too much World of Warcraft, so, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you really by yourself when you're playing World of Warcraft? No, Isn't that I the don't thing? think you're so. Like, you, you t you're tapped in. Yeah, I had friends. I had other RPG friends, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also had real-life friends. Not that weird. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I had real-life friends, too. But, um... Well, so that, okay, that brings me down a different line of, 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 of thought here, which is that you have been making community sort of in alternative ways. Oh, yeah, forever. Forever. Oh, I love Live Journal so much. I was on Mad Rad Hair. I was on all of the things before they were things. Like, yeah, I love Live Journal. I went and looked at my Live Journal actually the other day. It still exists. Wow. Yeah. I didn't understand how it worked, so I would write in it and then print them out. Oh my god, my you would. Journal. That's so funny. <laughs> That's very Rachel, That's, I feel like. Yeah. No, I um, loved it. I loved documenting, like, all the cool stuff I was doing. Like, I was taking photos. I was using it kind of like Instagram. Like, I was taking a ton of photos to, like, to document a specific, like, if it was, like, a party at a friend's house or, like just like a girl's night or something. I would totally document it in photos and just write like little captions under the photos. And I got a bunch of followers because um, I would like dress up and take selfies, you know, me and my friends. We were all like weird, hardcore, like we called ourselves hardcore. Yeah. Like really shitty haircuts um, and shitty dye jobs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've always been making community forever. I love I love a tribe. Well, and, it, and what I what I have observed, I think, like the way I met you, I think I met you through a park friend that like you made from friends from internet friends. <laughs> yeah, isn't for that sure. like definitely met her like, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, it's so fascinating. And then like you have all these friends from the internet. Yeah, totally. And like, isn't your whole like like the people you were with in Petaluma? Isn't like your whole girl posse from the internet? She's different. Oh, she's different now, but. Yeah. Um, She's different, but I mean, a, a lot of my friends, yeah. That's amazing. I've met from the internet. My friend Nathan actually came to visit San Francisco like a week ago, and I met him through MySpace like 15 years ago. And we're still like in, I mean, we're not like BFFs, we don't talk every day, but like we're still like in contact. Totally. And he's like, oh, I want to see you. I'm in the city. Like, and That's I completely awesome. met him on MySpace, yeah. I love the internet for that. Because, I love it. Because I feel like, so I just went to. We went to our 15-year high school reunion. It was 
unofficial because officially they only do 10 and 20 years, but like someone oh, you got a bonus together and I got a bonus. And it was like really cool because I feel like for half of them, I literally had not seen or heard of them or from them since high school. And like maybe even in high school, I didn't know them. So I sort of were like, oh, are you like, are you really familiar? But then other people I've been, I know, yeah, I know, I know what their kids' names are. I know what their lives are like. I know yeah. what their like. I, I meet their spouse, and I'm like, "Oh, what's up, dude? Like, I seen you on the internet." Yeah, it's and a it's powerful nice. place. The internet is a very powerful place. Uh, I love it. I will always love the internet. Yeah, and you spend a lot of your day on the internet, not just you know, like yeah. entertaining yourselves, but you're like ninety percent of your work happens on yeah. the internet. Yeah, yeah. My business is based around affiliate marketing, which is essentially um, earning commission from retailers from um, driving traffic to their online retail site. So, and mostly that happens through internet relationships, right? Like that yeah. is what affiliate marketing is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a brick and mortar relationship. It's like you have a relationship with walmart.com and you're driving traffic to walmart.com using the internet and yeah. using all of the resources of the internet to get that user from wherever they are on the internet to, to walmart.com and then I'm I earn a commission. Yeah. Cuz I spent the the money and the time and the legwork in getting them to walmart.com when maybe they would have gone to target.com or totally whatever. Totally. The internet is a very powerful place. Oh, it is. Yeah. It totally is. And I feel like um what's crazy is that we're still just at the beginning. Like, oh, yeah, I don't even, my kids are going to have, like, chips in their brain oh with, like, gosh. with, like, a live feed of their social networks, like, in their retinas. That's so terrifying. For sure. Do you have, are your kids, I know, are your kids on the internet? I mean, no, I hope not. They're two and five. So, but, so, weird. but, like, so they're, they're not well, I put on the them internet, on the internet. but you, you share them on the internet. Which like, sometimes do you I feel them? weird about, no, I don't tag them, but yeah. sometimes I do feel weird about sharing so much of their lives on the internet because it's like sometimes I feel like I should I should give them the space to create their online like representation of themselves and sometimes I feel like I'm creating it for them like oh Leela loves Moana and she has these long flowing locks and you know she loves this green dress she always wears like is that how she wants to present herself to the internet or is it in a different way? I'll, I won't know because she's five, but I'm like forcing this presentation mm. of her on the internet. And I don't know if that's going to be a thing when they're like older. Like there's going to be a footprint, just like I looked at my live journal the other day, you know, to like go back and like see what my footprint looked like. And it's still there. It exists. Like if anybody wants to find anything out about me, they could find my live journal. So like if anybody wants to find anything out about Leela one day, they could find me and my like mm-hmm. Instagram and all my things and how I present presented her X amount of years ago. So it is a weird thing to think about. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And like what you say about your kids and like how you show them and like, you know, for example, some people will post their kids like having a tantrum. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they're a kid. They have tantrums. But like would the kid would the fifteen year old kid be chill with Having that as a footprint on yeah, the internet, that's the probably question. not. That's the question. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I started sharing a lot less mm-hmm. um, of Leela because she. I mean, she'll tell me like, "Don't take a picture of me." Mm-hmm. And then like, you gotta respect that. what am I gonna do? Take a picture of her and then post it on the internet? And be like, 
you know, like totally. I can't do that. That's, that's not right. Totally. Yeah. I think it's super important as they, as they get older yeah. to, for, to receive consent totally. for that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, especially when they're little, it's like, yeah. you know, you just, like my two year old is still whatever. Like he doesn't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard to consider, it's hard to think about them as, like, 30-year-old humans and, like, trying to be the CEO of whatever or, like, trying to get a job. Somebody, like, some, tracing, yeah. you know. Like, oh, you used to be this kind of way. Yeah, I know. Because we've all been so many kinds of ways. So many kinds like, of ways. Like, I have been, like, a hundred lives. Like, and I don't want, you know, an investor that I'm going to today to look for my live journal. Well, they're going to now. They're going to. to <laughs> I need to, I need to they're just. They're just going to love you more. They're just going <laughs> to want to invest in you more. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, the internet is a very strange and vast place of information. Mm-hmm. I know. I need to make it private. I mean. I'm going to make it private. Or just publish it in a book. No. Nobody Maybe wants someday. to see that shit. Nobody wants Maybe someday. I know people who are writing books. Yeah. Some of them are about themselves. Some of them are not about themselves. I don't know. That's always cool when someone writes a book. I know two, I know, I know three people who've written books. Yeah. I never understand what the like, I mean, there's no monetary value in writing a book. Like that's not necessarily true. I think, I mean, generally speaking, like, I don't think. I don't know. If it becomes a bestseller, if it's it a huge thing, will. yeah, yeah, but that's what you hope. You don't write a book so that it can just like be a, a zine. I feel like people do for like PR stuff, so that they can have like a reason to like have a have a, like a PR um, like initiative. Like, oh, I wrote a book. Like, okay, well, now maybe. it's like I my mean, that's PR for sure. like, thing. For sure. Well, that's for sure part of yeah. the cycle of leveraging oneself as a yeah. Yeah. as a. Product. I don't want to say product. Like, but yeah, as a product. But as for a product. Sure. Yeah. Um, like Magnolia. I never watched that show. I don't mm-hmm. know. If you, like, in, I love Target. So I will just say that when I go to Target, I really like their like super hip home decor section. Yeah. Who doesn't? Because it's the best. Who doesn't? And Magnolia is like this new. I think it's what it's called. Is like that, their do you know line, what I'm about? yeah, like yeah. the line. But of it's her. like I think, but I think it's like a line. I think it's attached, or maybe it's Hearth and Home, or something. I don't know. Does it they're have a story? To, they're attached. I have seen, like the picture of, the, of this like HGTV couple who uh. apparently like who were like huge on H. I've never seen the show. I don't know. But they're a very cute couple, but they've like written a book and they've got a cookbook and they've got like a home and whatever book and then they've got this line in Target and they've got like their product. They're a yeah. product, but like good for yeah. them. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I sometimes I'm like, yeah. I mean, I kind of do that for myself, but very yeah. unintentionally, like very unintentionally. I'm not like it's not like this curated like, okay, my cookbook my life story book, my Instagram, like my blog. It you know, might like be eventually though, it you're could. a very interesting person with great taste and a great aesthetic and a great eye. Yeah, it could and in addition be, to but... you know your powerhouse like financial services business, you also are a producer and you've got this whole like creative background too. Yeah. So like I could totally see that for you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's create a whole product. Yeah. Five years. <laughs> That'll be our five year plan for you. Okay. So. You know, you have been dabbling in all sorts of different things for a really long time. Yeah. Like, you've had a job. You've had not a job. You've been mm-hmm. a subcontractor. You've been an employee. And now you are an on, like a, a, an entrepreneur. You are yeah. a founder. 
And I'm curious, like when you look back at your, at your, like, tell me about your first job. What was your first job? At William Sonoma during the holidays wrapping presents. How old were you? 16. Mm-hmm. I was homeschooled, so like I needed a job. So I was there every, I was there every day. What did it teach you? Like being so young and um, having to make a job my own day. like making money is like feels so good to me. Like I got my first paycheck and I was like, "Yep. This is mine. I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z with it and it's going to be great cuz it's mine and I wrapped a ton of presents and earned this and this is mine." Um Yeah, that's what I learned, I guess. And then after that one, I just always had a job. Like I always had a job. My three little brothers never had a job. My youngest brother just graduated from college and he ne- he has never had a job and now he's out there looking for like a desk like a job job and he has nothing on his resume and I'm like what that's so wild isn't that wild but like that happens that totally happens it happens and I think it didn't happen with me because I like I I mean I was homeschooled I needed like to do something during the day. And then I made my first paycheck and I was, there was a point where I actually had three jobs. I worked at William Sonoma. I worked next door at Jim Bree. And then I worked at Robex. Like I literally had three jobs and I was like pulling in all these paychecks. And I was like living large. Yeah. Well, you get your first taste of money. Yeah. You're like, I literally had three jobs. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so industrious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then what did I do after that? And then I went to community college and I became an assistant. I was an assistant for like this really cool, um, his name was Tony DeFries. He was David Bowie's like famous manager. And, um, you can Google him. It's really scandalous story between him and David Bowie. He was, he's a brilliant, he's a super smart guy. Um, but he ended up with a lot of David Bowie's money and he became an inventor and he was started inventing these like um, thin thin cell um, photovoltaic cells that you could use in paint as like a solar mechanism. So like you could paint cars and the paint would like harness the energy from the solar and it was so thin that it could be in the paint. So he was inventing that. He was trying to invent this like invisible cloak with the same, like, thin film technology. And I was his assistant. I don't know why he hired me. He told me, actually, one day. He told me. I'm just, I'm lying. I know why he hired me. Why did he hire you? He was like, you are so beautiful and, like, cool. And And I just want to hire you. And, yeah, I worked at his house every day with him and his wife. Did you wear a short skirt? Um, (laughs) not intentionally, but maybe I did. I don't know. But he was great. Like, he taught me so much, like, I'm sure he had interviewed people at, like, UCLA that were, like, study, like, science people. Sure. Like, I was not a science, like... No. No. And I was helping him write patents. Like, he would, like, dictate to me. And that, I mean, I wasn't writing them, but he would dictate to me, and then I would type them out, and he would, like, sit there and be like, do you understand this? Like, does this make sense to you? And he would kind of, like, bounce his ideas off of me as if he were, like, filing the patent to somebody who didn't know what the science was about. Mm-hmm. And then I would, like, learn about the science with him and, like, keep... That's awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool job, but it was really, really strenuous. And I was going to school, 
like I was going to community college to like get my AA to then do I don't know what go to university I guess um but it was really strenuous because it was like a nine to five like a very serious job Mm. and then I was going to school and I remember all my friends were like god you're so stressed out all the time this is so annoying you're 18 years old like let's like have fun what are you doing but it was really fun to work with him he was a genius Mm. he was a a full-on genius Um, how long did you do that job I did it for two years that's a long time yeah. to hold a job when you're 18. It was oh a gosh. really long time. And then I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like I told him, he was bummed. Um, I was like, I'm moving to San Francisco. I'm going to art school. He was like, why are you going to art school? This doesn't make any sense. Don't go to art school. And I was like, bye. Where did you study in art school? Where'd you go? Um, the Academy of Art in the city. Uh-huh. I studied screenwriting and film. Uh-huh. Like production. And then did you go right from there right into production? Yeah, so in my second year of studying at the academy, I got a job um, as, like, a PA at Evolved Media, and then I just stayed there for, like, six years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just, I was PA, and then um, I wasn't really a PA, I feel like it was unfair to call myself a PA, I was doing everything, I set up all of the, like, organizational workflows for all the other producers, I would, I just did everything. And then eventually I was like, hey guys, knock, knock, knock. Uh-uh, I need another thing, title to put on my LinkedIn over here. I need a business card. Like, I'm doing all the things. And then they bumped me up to a producer. And so I started producing all the projects. And then Tommy, who was the executive producer, gave me, like, a director title. And then started giving me, like, directorial jobs. And then I ended there on that note, which was cool. I feel like I'm like, I love, like, I'm, I'm so happy in the comfort of things, like in a place like that where I stay so long and start, you know, at the bottom and then get to the top and they just become my family. And it was just so nice to Mm. learn from them. And, but it ended because I wasn't going to work in production on my feet on set for so long during a second pregnancy. So when I was pregnant with Nova, I quit. Like, when Mm. I was, like, six months pregnant, I quit. So I was like, I'm not over it. It's too much with the toddler and being pregnant. Totally. And then I was like, what am I going to do now? Shit, that's, like, my whole thing. What am I going to do? What was that process like, figuring it out? Yeah, I, I... I don't know. I, I didn't do anything for probably, like, three months. Um, and then I just started thinking, like, literally just going to bed and thinking. Like, um, thinking about conversations I had during the day. Like, thinking about people I knew. Um, friends that were in different jobs. Thinking, you know, maybe I should do a 9 to 5. I applied to a bunch of jobs as, like, a social media strategist. I... I had three interviews with Benefit, um, and they offered me the job, and I was like, I just quit this because I'm pregnant, and I don't want to, like, you know, be sitting, standing around on set on my feet, and I also feel like it's just so much, and I have to call to somebody else, why am I going to take this 9 to 5 at Benefit? Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that, and then um, I just, yeah, I just sat up, like, at night thinking, and this idea came to me. Um, out of a couple conversations I had with my dad over the phone. Um, 
and just like problem solving a complaint he had about his business. Um, and I just like put the puzzle pieces together and came up with this random idea. And now it's a thing and it's like real life. I want to hear your elevator pitch. Oh God. I hate this. This is why I hired a CEO. This is why I hired a CEO because I'm so like entrenched in it and I think about all the details and I can't just like zoom out. Be like, this is what it is and that's it. And this is like the tip of the iceberg. So let me try. Oh, okay. I would love that. That would be so fun. I should have prepared. I should have prepared because if I had prepared, I could have nailed it. You know, I I ask people to do this when I explain the concept to them like uh-huh. I'm like okay what like what would your pitch of this be I I actively do it all the time and nobody ever gets it right which says something about my pitch but well okay so what I would say is that it is a way to pay down your debt by buying the things you already buy mm-hmm. that you need to buy no matter what mm-hmm. yeah that's it that's exactly what I would have said yeah great yeah, pay off your defaulted debt while buying the things that you need. So this would be for people who like stopped making their payments and then their debts have gone to collection. People are calling them and harassing them and saying, give us your money. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I can't afford to. But instead, so they don't actually have to put, pull anything else out of their pockets. There's no disposable income in these households that, are, that have multiple accounts in collections. Mm-hmm. They do not have extra money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they just, there's a platform and they go to it and they just buy stuff. Like they need to anyway. Yeah. So I sat on a collection floor. So my dad was like, okay, have this huge group of people, 1.3 million people to be exact, that are sitting on the back burner, not paying us a dime on all of this defaulted debt that they owe. Um, I don't know what to do with them. We're going to have to open up like a legal office. The board is, you know, complaining about all of this money that's sitting around not being collected. Like, we, we need to come up with a plan for them, right? Um, and I was like, well, what do you do now? Like, what do you do today to get them to pay? And my dad said, we call them and we send them letters. Nobody answers their phones. No. Especially if you owe a ton of money to a bunch of different people. You're not going to answer the phone. Um, you're just going to throw away the letters you get in the mail. So I sat on a collection floor as a collector on the phones trying to get people to pay me <laughs> in Florida. I went for a week and did this. Um, and this is like kind of where I came up with the idea. I I could see that the people who were answering the phones had the intention to pay, but they I had I heard a ton of stories. I cried multiple times cuz it's tough. Like yeah. it's tough to hear about our country's like pain that's in the dark. Like, we don't see this stuff on social media. We don't see it on TV. We don't hear about it. Like, we know it's there, but we don't hear these stories. Like, you know, and and life happens. And sometimes you're unable to get back up on your feet as quickly as you would like. I heard stories of, you know, people having cancer. Like, a lot of health issues, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, lost their job. Like, are no longer able to work and are living off disability. Only have X amount of money to spend on groceries and X, Y, and Z. Single moms who had never been in the workforce before, who <laughs> just left their husbands. All these things. Um, so I was hearing all these stories, and I just thought back to my like 
blogging and my marketable universe. And I was like, wow, I have a ton of people on the phone that are essentially a marketable universe. And I Mm -hmm. asked them, do you buy toothpaste? And the guy's like, yeah. Do you buy toilet paper? Yeah. Do you buy them online? Not all the time. Would you buy them online if you could pay off this account while buying them online? And the guy's like, yeah, 100%. So the idea of transferring somebody's total spending power over to our affiliate links in order to earn commission um, and then give them essentially monopoly money to pay off their debt seems like a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so people now can go to Walmart and buy their baby formula and toilet paper, and we give them payoff points, which are used to pay off the defaulted debt accounts that they have, and the debt buyer accepts them in lieu of cash payments um, in exchange for, like, a revenue share deal between us and the debt buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not hassled, and they're not getting phone calls from people on stressing you know, being super stressed out about not being able to pay bills that they can't pay. And meanwhile, the collector's stoked because they're going to actually get their money back. The debt buyer, yeah. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Uh-huh. The debt buyer, not the collector. No, the collector buyer is different. The collector is different from the debt buyer. Yeah. Got it. It's a whole, It's an industry that's very much in the dark, and it's a very random industry, and I don't know how I got there besides my dad having this one conversation with me about yeah. his issues. But... It's it's an untapped market, number one, which I think is like, one, when you're like, what do I do? What should I be doing right now? Like, where should I look? Like, where's the answer in like where I should start my business? Untapped markets. Mm-hmm. Like, try to think about an industry that needs help that's either like using an archaic system, which the debt buying industry is. They live off Excel spreadsheets and... Um, don't have a lot of data gathered to like tell them who their people are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super untapped, really archaic. I feel like there are still industries like that that we just don't think about. Like the debt bank. Like you would never think about that industry. Right. Ever. Totally. totally. As like a normal person. Like, no, you would never think about that. So, yeah. That's so amazing that you were able to turn a conversation into a business. It's like... You know, the adage, you know, they say like, you know, serendipity and luck, you know, mm-hmm. but it's not, that's not what it is. No, like it's action. It's, it's action. Yeah. And I mean, if part of, part of the like fuel to do that for me was the fact that it literally had never been done before. And I had to create like, I mean, there's a ton of like compliance stuff that goes into it all. It was like a big puzzle. Mm. I was like, wait. If I can do this and figure out this puzzle, it's going to be great. Like, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be great. Like, it's going to help a ton of people. Um, but getting that first, getting that first step done is definitely hard. And I don't even remember what my first step was. Even I mean, I think it was actually like literally the next day, like telling my dad this concept and him being like, "Hey, if you can get 1.3 million people to do that." To pay off their debt, great. We looked at the numbers, looked fantastic. So I think the first thing I did actually was call a lawyer at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that my dad had referred me to. And I asked her if it was possible. And she said, I don't know if it's possible, but we can sure take a closer look. 
And so we did. Wow. Yeah. And then it's like, you don't know where to start though. Like I had to build this platform with the affiliate links built in with a way to reconcile who buys what when they buy it so that I can give them the points. Like that was the main concept. And I just, again, thought about my network and my friends and just reached out to somebody who I thought could get the job done and we did it. Hmm. Hmm. And you've been at this for a year and eight months, you said? Yeah. Something like. Yeah. Coming up on. Coming up on two years. Coming up on two years, for sure, yeah. And how did you how did you start the operations? Did you just sit down at your computer one day with zero dollars and zero support? So we got internal funding from mm-hmm. the debt buyer. So okay. this was like uh it was like a pilot project so that they could make revenue from these accounts that weren't paying anything. Um that money would instead be going to lawyers mm-hmm. to sue them. Um and the costs of that don't, I mean, a lot of the times you don't, I mean, you don't win because you don't have the data, you you don't have the data that will tell the courts that this is actually that person's debt. So a lot of the times you waste a lot of money suing them, you waste all the time, and then you're liable for the costs. It's just really, 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 really messy. Um, so this seemed like a better plan for the debt buyer. And they were like, okay, we'll try, we'll do this pilot project for a year and we'll see if you guys can build this and get this done and see how many users you can get on board. And we'll go from there. And now we're no longer getting internal funding from the debt buyer. Now we're looking for outside resources and funding it with angel money and hopefully soon VC money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, it seems like a really smart model. It seems like there's totally a market for it. It's... I hope that it all works out. Yeah, I think that it will. Know. Ever since you first told me the idea, I was like, oh, duh, duh. Like, it's brilliant. I know people who, I have some friends who are like sending me links that are like, yeah, sign up for this thing and buy all your this and buy all your that. And like, you'll get some money, like kickbacks uh-huh, for like it. drop or like whatever. Yeah. I have no idea because I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to do anything like that. Yeah. Because for me, that's like one extra step. To earn money that I'm not interested in, like, it's earning. Much, yeah. But you I will do... Incentive. I don't have an incentive. Like, the money, like, the pennies. Like, I'd rather go to Costco and just, yeah. like, load up that TP when I'm also loading yeah. up on my organic chicken. Yeah, I'm obsessed I with Costco. I know you are. As, as an aside. I love Costco, too. Can't go wrong with Costco. But the point is that there's just so many people who are doing this. And if they, they don't... Like, their incentive is, like, maybe, like, 50 extra bucks... A right. month. Yeah. And so people who are like, they're going to stop calling me. They're going to stop sending me letters. I'm not going to have my stomach tied up in knots. Someone's mm-hmm. going to take my car someday out of my driveway and I won't be able to take my kids to school and I won't be able to get Oof. to work. Yeah. Like there is for sure incentive there. My gosh. Yeah. That's what we hope. I mean, for us, the value, like for me, the value in it is the amount that you can earn. So totally. Yeah. It's like, it's 50% back that goes towards paying off your debt. See, that's a different story. If I was about to get 50% back. Yeah. If you got 50% back on anything, you would buy it. If I even got 25% back, I would buy it. Yeah. Even 10%, but I'm talking like the 2%. Like not good for the 2%. Yeah, no. And those are like traditional affiliate, uh, like what you earn with traditional affiliates. But this is different because it's a, it's basically one huge math problem that we've figured out wow. that works. 
and we can give back this, you know, these payoff points, which are essentially monopoly dollars. I mean, I don't, I also don't think it's fair for a debt buyer to ask a consumer for $1,200 back when they've only paid $6 for the account. Mm-hmm. Like that just doesn't seem right. If this person is financially in distress and really struggling and has the intention to pay, but the inability, to. but the inability to, and you've paid this much for the account, like what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. So hopefully everybody adapts to the curve and collections are done with, and this is the new way to pay off your debt in collections. I love it. Yeah. So if it scales, that is a pos- that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it I think that it will because I think that people that this is not working anymore. Phone calls are not working anymore. Letters in the mail are not working anymore because people are getting smart. Like people are smart. The internet again is a very 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 powerful place, and there are all kinds of conversations online that you can find in communities online that you can find that, you know, shed light on this industry and are telling the general public, hey, don't pay this collector the full amount. Like, don't. Mm-hmm. They've paid X amount for your account. Yeah. Don't, like, no, this is wrong. So, I don't know. What was your biggest fear when you were launching this thing, when you were starting it? You know... You weren't leaving a full-time job at that point because no. that had already happened. Yeah. But, like, when you were like, all right, I'm going to invest this time and energy into this while I am also just have a brand-new baby and a, and a big kid. Yeah. What was your biggest fear? My biggest fear, honestly, not being able to build the product and just totally failing my dad and the debt buyer, like, the whole company, um, and, like, having them put all of this money into it and not even being able to build a product because I've never done that before. Like I've never built like an interface or like done anything like that. And I was like, am I actually going to be able to build something that does what I want it to do? I don't think so. I just felt like an imposter. Like I've made all these promises to these people who think they're going to make all their money back on these accounts that aren't making any money. Am I at, like, am I going to fail at e- at the first step even But I have that feeling at every single roadblock. I have that same feeling. And it's just a matter of telling yourself it's okay if it doesn't work. And you're going to just put your all into it and just Google everything you don't know. And (laughs) (laughs) like literally Google everything you don't know and hope for the best and try your hardest and don't give up and don't let that fear stop you from getting to the next roadblock because there's going to be another roadblock for sure. Mm. That is such a good attitude to have. Yeah, it is. It's It's hard. It's it's easier said than done. For sure. (laughs) Like I'm saying it. I don't feel that all the time. Yeah. Um, But I wouldn't be here today if I didn't just push through that fear of failing. Mm -hmm. Fail forward. Mm -hmm. Like fail forward. I have failed. I'm told no all the time by that this industry is an archaic industry built on very old concepts and people just tell me no every single day no you can't do that that's not compliant that's no you you can't market on facebook like that you have no 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 you can't 
that's not going to work. You're going to get sued. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's my whole business. Should I stop now? I was just told no. And then I just say, whatever. I'm going to work through it and figure it out. And mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. We'll see if I keep mm-hmm. figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so far, so good. You know, so like, far, so good. you don't, you, you know, the fact that you have, you have in fact built the platform. That you have in was fact built huge. It. Yeah. And it exists and you have in fact acquired people who yes, are using customers. Huge. Yeah. You know, we've had 13 people pay off their accounts in full using, which is like, so it may, it makes me feel so good. That's amazing. And these people like, I know them by their first names. I'm caught like. I'm on user, like, I'm on the other end of the 1-800 number. Like, um, I answer, well, I'm one of two people that answer the intercom messages that come through. And I know all of these people by Mm. their first names. And when April comes through and she's like, hey, I just made my last purchase and I saw my account is at zero. My account balance is at zero. Thank you guys so much. Like, this is amazing. Now it's going to be off my credit report and, you know, I can... She was. She specifically wanted to buy a new car and couldn't get a loan to buy the new car. Mm. Um, but yeah, everybody has their stories, and mm. it's super mm-hmm. interesting and super fun to get them paid off. It's so dorky. Like, who would have thought one day I would be like, "Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited! I get to help this person pay off their defaulted account." But it actually fuels my fire. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, April, you did it!" Yeah. And I helped you do it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's very sweet. People have sent us videos, like, telling us, like, this is so amazing. Everybody should know about it. Because when mm. they find the value in it, you're they're getting 50% back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, once you see the value in that, you're like, why, why wouldn't anybody do this? Do they have to find you? Like, I know that you're marketing to them and you're trying to get them, you know, you're trying to get them to find you, but... Like, do they have to We're looking for them. Yeah. Very. looking for them. We're looking for them. These people do not want to be found because they're used to feeling very yucky. Yeah. About all this stuff. Yeah. So we're looking for them in a very passive, like, we're trying to build a community, again, like, online with Facebook and with Facebook ads and Instagram and Google ads um, and our blog. We're trying to find them. Um... And let them know that they're eligible to use this. So, it's tough. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's tough searching them out. But there's all kinds of tools and all kinds of things that you can do these days. If you have somebody's first and last name and their birthday Mm -hmm. and their home address, you can find... It's kind of scary, but you can find a lot. Mm. You can get to them. I could get to you. I could tell you my message. I don't know if you're seeing a million messages, but... I see so many You're seeing so many, so I don't know if you would be receptive to it, but yeah, you can get to anybody. Huh. My latest message that has been getting to me is... What is that? for Cub Coats. Are they marketing to you too? No. Cub Coats? Isn't it funny how, like, these things pass in waves and, like, everybody will get one? It's so funny. Yeah. So Cub Coats is after me right now, which I love because Cub Coats actually, I... Um, I bid on a job to do all of their production for their big launch, but it was like a very long time ago and way before the product was like up to the level that it needed to be. Okay. So I know a founder through a cup through like a high school friend and anyway, cup coats 
is one of the partners in Cup Coats was like the Dollar Shave, like one of the guys behind the Dollar Shave situation. Cup Coats is a stuffed animal that turns into a hoodie for children. Cup Coats. Cup Cute. Coats. It's a cub. It's cub. Huh, I wonder why they're marketing to you. Because I have small children. I guess. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because I probably hashtagged mom life or mom yeah. bun. I wonder why I'm not being right. Marketed. Yeah. Maybe they know that you're cool. Maybe they know that you're like too cool to buy a cub coat. But I'd buy a cub coat. You would buy a cub coat. I would buy. I want. We should all buy. It's cup a coats. rain jacket or no? A coat. It's, a, it's, it's just a, a sweatshirt. It's, it's a, a hoodie. Coat. It's a sweet zip up hoodie. And they've gotten some licensing deals, so they've got like Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, Spider Man. I was so proud of them when I saw that. Yeah, I was like, that's you big. are. You've all hit it big now. Mm-hmm. Like guaranteed. That's a cute idea. I've, like guaranteed, at least twenty five percent of the people that are seeing this ad are buying their kid a cup coat for for Hanukkah or Christmas. How did somebody think of that idea? Untapped. It's not, I mean, the children's clothing is not an untapped market, but like maybe like the minimal, I know, like maybe like, maybe like the market of wanting to like travel minimally with your child, Mm -hmm. like that's the market. Totally. Or like I would say, um, you know, for sure parents spend plenty of money on apparel and they plan, they spend plenty of money on like secure like security emotional security devices Ooh, that's probably yeah so it's like you put it all together and then like you've got it's a brilliant idea when they told me the idea i was like this is brilliant when they showed me the prototypes i were like i was like oh like these are Mm -hmm. not i'm not buying one of these but when you look at them now they're like they look it looks like a mickey mouse doll and then you unzip it everything is moves and waves obviously it was shitty at first and of course everything is shitty at first um, another idea like that that made millions of dollars and I was like, what were those wubbanubs with like the stuffed animal mm-hmm. and then the, the, the pacifier passing. on mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. that was made by a mom who like put together two thoughts like that. Mm-hmm. I for sure had a wubbanub for my kids. They oh, never took passies, but that was like the only one. Yeah. That was the only yeah. one they would take. Because they, they could, could just, hold like, it with their little they baby find hands. It. Yeah, they find it. <laughs> just, you know. Yeah. Baby hands. Baby hands. That's great. What if you sold a product, what would it be? If I sold a product? Yeah, if you like I oh, a plant. I like have Right. I like have a dream of like having like a plant like interior design slash like shop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for sure a market. It's not untapped. Not untapped by any means. <laughs> not untapped. It's not a money maker. That's for sure. But it might like, be in San Francisco. My like, gosh. Passionately, that's what I. That's the product I mm-hmm. would want to sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't think the money. The pr- money's probably not in the plants. The money's in the accessories of the plants. Or like the interiors. Like doing like interior plant design mm, mm-hmm. for like Airbnbs or mm-hmm. like right mm-hmm. or or events like mm-hmm. instead of floral design just like only green Plantscape. like plant design mm-hmm. like indoor plant design mm-hmm. weddings yeah I'm actually go- my girlfriend just opened up a yoga spot in Berkeley and I'm gonna go check it out and mock up like a little plant interior design thing for her nice and put it on my plantstagram nice and then use her as like my first client it's a great idea yeah always just like you're already like you're a full-time like <laughs> founder right now and you're like yeah and then my next business is gonna be this thing 
I'm just going to start it right now. Yeah, how hard could it be? Well, you already started it because you put it on the internet. It is like, on, it's, on, it's the on the internet. It's happening. Yeah, and as soon as I do her space for her, then I'll have, like, Content. a portfolio oh, yes, of a somebody portfolio. else's yes. space rather yeah. than just my own space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is very important to be able to show diversity when you're yeah. when you're showing stuff, which is a problem for me because I mostly wear the same thing all the time. So, like, if I'm at a job, it looks like I'm on the same job. Like, if there's, like, a great photo of me or something. that's funny. It looks like the same job because I'm probably wearing the same thing. Uh-huh. But. You should switch it up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start figuring that out. I'm not a switch it up kind of person. Mm-hmm. I wear, like, when I find a thing that I'm comfortable in, it doesn't even have yeah. to look good as long as it's comfortable. And then I buy three of them. Yeah. And then that's just what I wear for a period of time. I've recently gone through my entire, because of my separation, I've now moved into it place with a smaller closet so I went through all my stuff and I'm now wearing like basically the same stuff all the time and it feels really good to just have this like Einstein wore the same thing every day BTW he wore the same outfit every single day and I think that there's value in taking out this like complicated piece of your life totally to make room for something else Mm -hmm. that's what Steve Jobs same yeah, thing. same. Mark same. Zuckerberg. All the all the people. I haven't. They probably also a, make a their beds there. first thing in the morning yes. too. Well, we're supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been listening to that guy? Do what you know guy? who I'm talking about? Oh yeah. my god, Drew's gonna be like so embarrassed that I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, oh the guy. What He's did he Canadian. do? Canadian. He's, He's a Canadian. thought leader. A thought leader. He's the one who wrote this book about like how like the first thing you need to do every morning is make your bed. That's like literally the book. No, that's no. Not, he's not going to That's not the thing. That's food. Yeah, that's <laughs> you food. What about food? Um, and psychedelics. He just yeah, came out with a book hey. about like using psychedelics, microdosing them to um, better your life and be more creative and all the things. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, who is this person? That's totally interesting. Are you yeah, Googling? See, Google just one. Google what you don't know. Okay. And you will come out on top. That's basically. right. Okay, he was recently, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to get to him. He was recently on the Joe Rogan experience, and he, which, like, who doesn't love Joe Rogan? Oh, he was an author, and I can't remember, I literally, like, rules for a successful life or something, rules for, uh, no, I should just text Drew. I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. He probably has all the, he probably has all the, all the secrets, too. I don't know what the, what the real secrets are. I think it's just doing. You know, that makes so much sense to me. But it's also it's about having responsibility. It. It's like, oh, what this one of the things he talks about is is taking radical responsibility for yourself. And it's not even radical responsibility. It's like just take responsibility for yourself. That's why when I don't have the kids in the morning, I I make a very intentional effort to work out. Yeah. Even if it's just like on the floor with like a Melissa Wood Health like video or whatever. Because yeah, I think it's like setting an intention for myself to like take responsibility for something and the most important thing is like myself or Mm. else my kids aren't okay and all the things aren't okay and uh yeah that's why I do that I think I think that that's so smart and I need to take a leaf out of that book because you know I'm just like the first when I get busy the first thing to go is like anything for me it just goes because I love working. It's my hobby. I love working too. I do. I wake up every morning just like super jazzed to like yeah. get after it, whatever is happening uh-huh. that day. 
And so it's like, oh, like, do I really want to go like an hour? I gotta go. Then I'm gonna start working it's at nine time, instead yeah. of at eight. And it's just like time is valuable. And but but all those things are just as valuable. 100%. They're just not making you money right and now. Have, well, here's the thing too, though. It's like I'm not driven by money, which is why like the, yeah. that thing wouldn't have worked for me unless it's talking about fifty, twenty five percent. Yeah. Like, I that's not what motivates me, and I know that that's a privileged thing to be able to say yeah because like my basic need for shelter food always covered it's covered like thankfully I'm super lucky it's covered so like my next thing is like how do I like what's gonna fire me up but I need to remember that like the workout fires me up it's just a matter of like making like realizing that that does it too when I'm in a habit when something like when I'm going three days, four days, five days a week, or like every day, every morning, or like every other, then whatever, it then it becomes easier. But yeah. when it's like, when you're trying to like, like that first month, when you're turning it from like random to habit, yeah, is very hard. hard to do. Yeah. And it's the same thing with business too. Mm. But mm-hmm. it is important to take care of yourself. Because, yeah, if you don't take responsibility for what's closest to you, how are you going to keep that same effort everywhere else? So what do you do? You, don't you ride a bike? Yeah, I go to, tomorrow I'm going to SoulCycle. Okay. Uh, Yeah, cycling or Melissa Wood Health is my favorite because she has these, they look passive, like they look like passive workouts. It's basically like mat Pilates, but it's using your own body weight Um, and... Just really slow, controlled movements. And I get, like, serious pleasure out of, like, getting that that one movement perfect where I can, like, really feel that one muscle, hmm. like, wow. working and growing and doing its thing. And I'm just slowly... It's kind of like a meditation thing, too, because I'm, like, really, really, like, hyper-focused on, like, my left butt cheek. And I'm, like... <laughs> slowly moving my leg up and down, up and down repetitively. And then I feel the intense burn and I'm like, yeah, it's working. That's awesome. And it's, you can do it at home. Like it's not a thing. It's just a video. You're watching this beautiful woman who's a mom, um, do these workouts and I don't know, works for me. That sounds great. Yeah. I was really into yoga for a very long time. Oh, yeah. I still am into it. But the best class I ever took, um, it was a style of yoga that was very, very hyper-focused on individual muscle movements mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of body awareness. And I really loved that. Like, turn your shoulders and, like, whatever. And then, like, hug the muscle to the bone. And then yeah. raise up from the whatever. It's, it's like, like meditation because yeah. you're really hyper-focused. Yeah. It's not like you're just running... Your and list. you have like mindless yeah yeah you don't have a list going yeah I like that too it's like it clears your mind because you're so focused on a thing yeah I also think that for me doing that kind of yoga for me when I was giving birth the thing that that I tapped into the most was my yoga practice my ability to just like go inside and like be with what was occurring and like I don't know and like mindfulness and, like, yeah, yeah mindfulness and like being able to have a connection like feel where exactly in my body what thing is occurring and like give it breath and like mm-hmm. give it attention and like talk to it and tell it like which sounds so woo woo I know 
But it's the same. I mean, I think it's the same thing with any sort of like endurance athlete as well. Like any endurance thing. Like you have to be able to get so like obsessively focused and on connected. That one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like we can do that with business. So put that effort right somewhere else too. Right. Why can't you expand that effort? Totally. You know. Totally. So, like, what's your next thing? Like, you're doing the business. You're like, you've got your plants to gram. Maybe you'll, you know, I do really some want... interior design, decoration of plants. Yeah, I just, I, like, my goal is to raise capital, get to cash positive, sell this company, and have that notch in my belt as, like, a success, or maybe not successful, who knows. Go for, but like, go for the gold, baby. Say successful. As a successful founder in Silicon Valley, and then have the opportunity to raise my own money and not have to hire a CEO and have that that experience under my belt and know that I can do it and maybe not have imposter syndrome anymore and do something else. I don't know what that's going to be, but... I want the opportunity and the experience to create something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think just setting myself up, like building a foundation for the possibility of another project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that other project is, but um, I will next time I have my back up against the wall. You've been listening to This Guy's Legit. This episode was produced by me, Rachel Dorsey, with editing by Drew Dorsey and original music by Taylor Joshua Rankin. This Guy's Legit is executive produced by Boningold. If you like what you heard, hit subscribe to get the next episode automatically. And if you really like what you heard, leave a review. And follow us on Instagram at This Guy's Legit.